never gotten close enough to see if his paintings were any good, or if his eyes were as brilliantly blue as she'd imagined. They weren't. They were hazel. How refreshing. You all right? He asked, his voice a raspy baritone flavored with a hint of the South. He was a smoker. The lingering scent of cigarette smoke clung to him. Molly nodded, wide-eyed, aware that his arms were still around her, aware of his leg thrown across hers in his attempt to hold her in place, aware of the heat of his skin against hers. She was anchored. Up close, he wasn't as perfectly good-looking as she'd thought. His face was harder, leaner, his nose sharper and slightly crooked, and a small scar marred the left cheekbone underneath his eye. He hadn't shaved in a number of days, and his scruffy chin glinted with shades of red and gold, making him look less like a beach boy and more like a pirate. And those eyes. They were the color of the ocean as the storm clouds approached, green and gray and darkly dangerous. Come on, he said, his voice nearly inaudible over the rising wind. I'll help you. You get this side, I'll take the other. Molly nodded again, and just like that, his weight was off her, the intimate warmth of his bare leg against hers was gone. He was up and over to the other side of the roof as if he were a professional tightrope walker, escaped from the Ringling Circus Museum in Sarasota, several dozens of miles up the Florida coastline. As he went, he untangled and smoothed down the tarp. The muscles in his arms tightened as a big gust tried to whip the blue plastic away from him, and he brought his weight down, holding the tarp with his body against the roof. His thick, gorgeous hair was pushed forward into his eyes and then quickly dashed back out by the rising wind. He ignored it, lashing the rope at the tarp's corner securely into place. Molly did the same on her end. It wasn't perfect but it was much better than nothing. Lightning streaked across the sky and thunder boomed, and the heavens opened, showering them with big, fat raindrops that fell faster and faster until there was only a sheet of water pouring down from the clouds. Thunder cracked again, deafeningly loud. Molly could see the beach boy crouched by the ladder, chivalrously waiting for her to descend first. She skidded on the plastic, and he reached for her, his hand around her wrist holding her steady. Their eyes met, and he smiled, a quick, fierce, genuine smile that electrified and heated his gaze. He was having fun. He actually liked being up on the roof in the middle of a thunderstorm, with the wind and the rain ripping at his clothes and his hair, danger all around him. Molly scrambled down the ladder and dashed toward the shelter of the house. The beach boy was right behind her. Xander was inside, waiting. The roar of the wind and the rain was quieted as Molly shut the door behind them. Oh, man, Molly gasped. Welcome to Florida, the beach boy was still grinning at her. He was dripping wet. His hair was plastered against his head, and his eyelashes were beaded with drops of water. But his smile was infectious and Molly found herself smiling back at him. The beach boy looked down at the puddle he was making on the marble-tiled floor. 
His T-shirt and cut-off jeans were soaked, as were the ragged boat sneakers he wore without socks. So much for keeping the rain outside, he said ruefully. Xander was staring, blue eyes wide behind his glasses. Who is he? He signed to Molly, using small, furtive movements. It was the American Sign Language equivalent of whispering, and it wasn't very polite. Please run and get us a couple of towels, Molly told her son, signing the word towels for emphasis, and the boy dashed away. But who is he was a very good question indeed. She turned to the beach boy. Thank you so much, Molly said to him. He was staring off after Xander. Is your boy deaf? he asked turning to gaze at her with those odd-colored eyes, I didn't realize. Others might have been put off by the bluntness of his question.